Hello friends, welcome to Beyond the News. It's the 23rd of September coming up on today's show. Mass death everywhere it seems with excess mortality rates that aren't COVID. We're going to be looking at articles why. Ted Cruz talking about the Hunter Biden situation. We're going to be looking at that from another angle as well. That and much more. Oh and JP Sears, we're going to be listening to his view and Jordan Peterson's view and Dutch farmers' views about what's going on in Holland. That much, much more coming up on today's Beyond the News. So let's start with some good news here. This is from Reuters, 17th of September 2022. US Appeals Court rejects big tech's rights regulating online speech by Daniel Trotter. Um, No relation to Dell, I don't believe. Dell and Rodney, Daniel Trotter, T-R-O-T-T-A. A U.S. appeals court on Friday upheld a Texas law that bars large social media companies from banning or censoring views based on viewpoint, a setback for technology industry groups that say the measure would turn platforms into bastions of dangerous content. Here, here, excellent. What a, what good news. If for any American listeners, audience that were listening that don't get the uh, Trotter joke, it's uh, Only Fools and Horses, one of the longest running sitcoms here in uh, in Britain that's been finished for quite a while now, but still one of the one of the popular ones here and they were called the trotter brothers so the largely two to one ruling by the fifth u.s circuit court of appeals based in new orleans sets up the potential for the u.s supreme court to rule on the law which conservatives and right-wing commentators have said is necessary to prevent big tech from suppressing their views Today, we reject the idea that corporations have a freewheeling First Amendment right to censor what people say, Judge Andrew Oldham, an appointee of former President Donald Trump, wrote in the ruling. The Texas law was passed by the state's Republican-led legislature and signed by its Republican governor. The tech groups that challenged the law and were on the losing end of Friday's ruling include NetChoice and the Computer and Communications Industry Industry Association, which count meta-platforms, Facebook, Twitter and Alphabet Inks um, and YouTube as members. Sorry, there's a lot of letters and all that kind of stuff there. Basically, the big boys from what I can see there. They have sought to preserve rights to regulate user content when they believe it may lead to violence, citing concerns the unregulated platforms will enable extremists such as Nazi supporters, terrorists and hostile foreign governments. The association on Friday said it disagreed with forcing private companies to give equal treatments to all viewpoints. God bless America and death to America are both viewpoints and it is unwise and unconstitutional for the state of Texas to compel a private business to treat those the same, it said in a statement. Some conservatives have labelled the social media companies practices abusive, pointing to Twitter's permanent suspension of Trump from the platform shortly after the January 6, 2021 attack on the US Capitol by a mob of his supporters. Twitter had cited the risk of further incitement of violence as a reason. The Texas law forbids social media companies with at least 50 million active users from acting to censor users based on viewpoint and allows either users or the Texas Attorney General to sue to enforce the law. This is obviously being brought about by the Republicans, but I would say if it was the Republicans doing it for the Democrats, I would still say it's a wonderful, good idea. Free speech for all. That's uh, no matter what your viewpoints are, as long as you're not calling for a crime to be committed. Free speech for all. That's where I stand on that now. And who knows that saying free speech for all would be such 
a controversial statement to some in today's day and age. Free speech for all, no matter you know what political party you come from. That's what I believe in, and that's how good science comes about. And hopefully, we won't see any more of the um, the Facebook situations where they were, oh, we're going to label this misinformation. Um, and one of our associates has something to do with the the lab that was uh, all misinformation. If you want to know what that's all about, do check out the New York Post article on this previous podcast from a year or two ago now. So, nice happy news there. Free speech for all, the uh, judge has ruled there. And of course there are other states that are doing this by themselves. I've covered that on the show before. I don't know how far they're going or how far they've got or what they intend to do, but uh, free speech is making a comeback and um, let's let's hope that the traditional left members party of the Democrats are, uh, are as happy about free speech for everyone as the Republicans and they can both join together in unity of their love of free speech to confront what I would refer to as the the modern left um, which does not encompass the whole left by any means I consider myself an old lefty. Moving on now. This is from The Telegraph. And it is by Sarah Napton, 20th of September. Nearly 90,000 more people died at home from non-COVID from non COVID causes in the pandemic. Charities call for urgent investigation as data show 30% spike in deaths in private residences over two years. Yes, and, uh, you know, there was all the numbers questioning of was it from or with with COVID. This doesn't seem to have that problem. That's 90,000 people that uh, 90,000 more people died at home from non-COVID causes during the pandemic. Our thoughts go out to them and their their families and the, the horrific loss that those family structures would have suffered. So uh, nearly 90,000 more people died at home from known, I've done it again, non-COVID causes during the pandemic, leading to fears that some could not access medical treatment or passed away without pain relief. And it continues behind their paywall. Now on, this is not a mainstream media site that I'm familiar with, but they are quoting Reuters here, who I am familiar with, and that was our first article, I believe. Australia's central bank has equity wiped out by billions in bond losses. Hmm. Sydney Reuters. Australia's central bank on Wednesday said its equity had been wiped out by losses suffered on a pandemic-era bond buying, but its ability to create money meant it was not insolvent and would continue as normal. Reserve Bank of Australia... RBA Deputy Governor Michelle Bullock said the bank had taken a market to value mark had taken a mark to market valuation loss on its bond holdings of Australian dollars 44.9 billion in 21-22 the bonds were accumulated under a this is Australian dollars remember 300 billion dollar emergency stimulus program that ran from November 2020 to February 2022 the losses eclipsed underlying earnings of 8.2 billion and left the central bank with an accounting loss of 36.7 billion it also ate up all the RBA's reserve funds leaving it with a negative net equity position 
of 12.4 billion. Bullock noted that this would bankrupt a normal commercial entity. The RBA's liabilities are guaranteed by the government. My thoughts on that. Uh, who guarantees the government money? Taxpayers. Next up from the Daily Mail now. Beware of school uniforms. Study discovers they are abundant in toxic forever chemicals, which are linked to cancer and infertility. Finally, I didn't screw up the pronunciation of a headline. What, we're about three in now? Experts tested clothes found school uniforms are rife with forever chemicals. Called PFAs, these stain-resistant industrial chemicals don't degrade naturally. They have been linked to raised cancer risk as well as obesity and asthma rates. 20% of American children wear school uniforms, but this rises to 98% in the UK. This is by John Eli, Senior Health Reporter for the Mail Online, 21st of September. School uniforms may pose a health risk to children, research suggests. Tests showed items like blazers, shirts and ties contained notably high levels of forever chemicals. PFAs, as they are scientifically known, are feared to stunt youngsters' growth and have been linked to cancer and infertility. The chemicals designed to make surfaces stain and water resistant don't break down naturally in the environment, hence their nickname. One of the study authors, Dr. Marta Venier from Indiana University, said PFAs don't belong in any clothing. But their use in school uniforms is particularly concerning. Uniforms are worn directly on the skin for up to eight hours per day by children, which are particularly vulnerable to harm. And of course, if they didn't want to wear them, they would get in trouble, wouldn't they? Or suspended or something like that. So, PFAs have for decades been added to textiles to prevent staining. They are also used in cookware, children's toys, and can be found in some water supplies. Children are exposed to the substances from clothing by direct skin contact and the inhalation or ingestion of fibres. They can accumulate in the bloodstream. Fellow researcher Professor Miriam Diamond of University of Toronto said, I don't know any parent who values stain repellency over their child's health. Arlene Blum, Executive Director of the Green Science Policy Institute, which was involved in the research, called for urgent action. She said to protect our children and future generations, the whole class of PFAs should be eliminated from school uniforms and all other products where they are not essential. Manufacturers can prevent harm by moving away from PFAs as soon as possible. I'm just going to leave that there. Scroll down to the comment section. Hopefully this one uh, has it. And we do. So here we are. Up 483, down 9. This is by uh, Susan Donnelly, Runcorn in the United Kingdom. I worked in a lab in the UK where everything from toys to bikes were tested, including clothes, towels and bedsheets, fashion wear and basically everything. The amount of items that were refused a pass certificate to go on to full scale production would make your eyes water, as would the names of the companies. We were all made redundant during Covid and testing went abroad. Much more seems to pass now from countries that had to send samples to the UK first to make su sure errors were not going to occur. And the next best rated answer was up 397, down 13. Ash.dod15 from Princeton, UK. 
yet masks cheaply produced en masse in China are deemed to be safe. Okay, let's have a look at worst rated now. Up 9, down 65. School uniforms of a scourge. Little mini-me's already bowing to the establishment, just like mummy and daddy did. Poor little souls. Hopefully they will achieve their individuality when they escape this outmoded, in brackets, tradition. Sorry, not in brackets, uh, in commas. Let's have a look at the next one. Up 8, down 56. Uniforms are a bit outdated now. Kids should be able to wear whatever they feel comfortable in. If you want them to wear only certain colours to be associated with their school, then fair enough. But there's no need to make every child dress the same way nowadays. Give them the same room for personal creativity, encourage independence. Obviously, that's not particularly popular with the Daily Mail readers. I don't know why I actually quite... Um, yeah, I, I agree with the sentiment of the first comment, although a little bit, um, little bit narky, isn't it? But... I, I, really, I really like that second comment there. I, I like the first two as well that were positive, but huh. obviously the Daily Mail readers do like their uh, conformity and uniforms. Uh, uh, that's why I'm not a Daily Mail regular reader, I suppose. Anyway, next one on now. Again, by the Daily Mail. You know, there's some, there's some good stuff. Regardless of whether you're Guardian, Daily Mail, politicians, police or podcasters, there's good, there's bad. And even within those frames, there's, um, you know, you're not even the ones you think are good. You're not going to agree with them all the time. You know, individuality and all that kind of stuff and ability to listen to other people's points of view is a good thing. We don't all have to conform, although by the sounds of it, the commenters on the Daily Mail thing think it should be in school for uniforms. But anyway, at least a large number of them are aware of the chemical problem. So it seems like they want conformity, just the safe kind without the uh, cancer and sterility, which, you know, I think we can all get behind that, especially when it comes to children. Undertakers are run off their feet with abnormally high numbers of Australians dying. And it's not just because of Covid. Let's check the date on this one. No, it's the 18th of September of this year. Undertakers being kept gives big... There you go. The floor is back. Undertakers... What is wrong with me today? Undertakers being kept busy with more Australians dying than normal this year. Melbourne undertaker Martin Masson sees an increase in 40 to 60 age deaths. Doctors not sure why more people are dying but are concerned it mirrors the UK. Hmm. How bizarre. Possible factor is that people have avoided going to the doctor for checkups. I suppose it is a possible factor. Yeah. I wonder what the comments section for the male readers will make of this one. I, I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark as to what they think it might be. And I think my listeners would probably agree with them. We shall see, won't we? Let's read a little bit first before we go to the comments. So that's by David Southwell for Daily Mail Australia. Undertakers are experiencing a rush of business, with Australians dying in abnormally high numbers in a worrying trend doctors can't explain. Dun, dun, dun. And again, when I say this, 
I think we all know where we're going with it, but I don't mean to be in any way flippant or take away from any of these people's families or the tragedies that they have occurred and are experiencing and the emotional distraught that has brought. All right. I'm just a podcaster reading out the news and I'm trying to make it as listenable as possible because if it's all monotone and death, it could not be, it may not be as listenable, if that's even a word, as possible. But you get where I'm going with that. So I mean no disrespect to anybody. Martin Masson, who is Managing Director of Tribute Funeral Services in the western Melbourne suburb of Ravenhall, said that there is no shortage of work for him and others in the industry, as official figures confirm Aussies are dying at a higher rate in 2022. We've been consistently busy now since the first of this year, Mr Masson told Daily Mail in Australia. We have certainly seen an increase in the need for our services, as I've done a lot of... I'll read that again, I don't think that's me then. Yeah, that's actually not me screwing it up for a change. I'll read it. We have certainly seen an increase in the need for our services, as have done a lot of other directors. Yeah, got, got through it in the end. So it does make sense now. Mr Masson believed more working age Australians are dying, but doesn't have specific statistics to back this. We certainly have seen a distinct shift back to people in their 60s, 50s and even late or mid 40s or even younger, he said. Mr Masson revealed he had been asked a number of times about increased death rates, but had no particular explanation other than Covid being let rip. Hmm. However, he noted there had also been more deaths from cancer, heart attacks and other diseases, which he put down to the way Australians live. Processed food, our lifestyle, staying up late, drinking stress, and that's been very evident in the last couple of years. You can now possibly add uh, on school uniforms to that if uh, it's the same sort of chemicals used down under. These all go into causing death, whether that's premature or at the time, I don't know. So let's scroll down there and see what the Daily Mail readers think might be putting a, might want to blame at that. <clears throat> up 450 down 31 let's see if our suspicions are correct let's read it out by emerald may black mirror episode australia it wouldn't be anything to do with the world's largest clinical trial instigated by someone who openly admits they want to depopulate the world <laughs> that was uh even more on point than uh, I thought it might be actually that was an interesting one wasn't it right let's get the second one down there as well up 327 down 24 by CCM Logan City Australia and it simply says wake up oh there's, there's the next one down there as well up 308 down 12 this is uh, from someone again in Australia whose um, tag I can't pronounce because it's just letters. Not offensive, just makes no sense. Safe and effective, is it? And the one down below that. Uh, up 264, down 11. I wonder why this is happening. So I'm just going to keep going down now. Um up 258, down 25. Don't forget Dictator Dan locked down our hospital system to save it. Climate idiot, he's got there. I think he's misspelt save it there. I'm just assume that for him. Um, 
up two four seven down thirty. I'm gonna read quite. I'm uh, um, um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, enjoying is the wrong word because uh, this is very sad that people have lost their lives. I'm intrigued by it. People over 65 or 70 really needed the COVID vaccines. Healthy people did not need the vaccines. There are a lot of excess deaths in the younger cohorts that no one can explain. COVID vaccines given to young, healthy people who don't need them to be responsible. I gladly had five jabs, but that was based on my personal characteristics and my informed choice. Many people were effectively forced to take the vaccine. That's from someone in San Diego, California, called David. What? What an interesting person that is, because he's clearly pro-vax because he's taken five of them, but anti-vaccine mandate. What an interesting mind, because most people usually like, oh, I've had it so everyone should have it. What an interesting mind that person must have. That's my initial thought of him. Yeah, that's... And to be able to say I've had them, but, you know, other people shouldn't be forced to take them. Well, good for him. You know, I've, I've all, I'm all for personal choice, and clearly he is too. So, um, ah, oh, the next one is towards the end of the article. I think they may have mentioned the cause. Hmm, and that's up two oh five down seven. All right, let's scroll back then, and that'll be the end of it. And let's just see if I can make out what they're saying there. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, oh, <laughs> Mister. Oh dear. Mr. Masson said he expects there to be regular surges in COVID deaths with Australians unlikely to embrace restrictions again. He says, I'm going to, this is me saying this now, this is my assumption. I'm assuming this is the comment that my, the lady was referring to. But to continue what Mr. Masson said, he says, we are seeing waves every six months because every six months we seem to get a new variation that hits us. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll just leave that there for the listeners. They'll uh, get the idea on that one. Now, again with uh, a Daily Mail article. Astonished Brazilian President Bolsonaro films himself at UK petrol station as he shares his shock at the price of fuel during visit for Queen's funeral. Bolsonaro stopped at a petrol station in London and shared his shock. The president pointed out the electric sign displaying the fuel of price. Some criticised Bolsonaro's comparison and said it was not a fair one. The video was posted online the night before the Queen's funeral. Um, I think the headlines just say it all there, don't they? We don't really need to go in more into that. But I am interested to know what the Daily Mail readers make of it here. Um, up 3064, down 41. So this is clearly some, something the May readers feel strongly about here. And it says... Even he knows we are having our pants pulled down. <laughs> back at that's uh, T. Jono, back end of nowhere, UK. Right, and the next one is um, let's have a look up two one eight seven down thirty one. Rip off Britain. Yeah, I think uh, I think we've got the idea on that one. So now let's uh, break up my moaning with. A clip now of Ted Cruz talking about the Hunter Biden laptop situation, I believe. I'm going to be playing this clip from my Telegram group there that was posted by one of the members there. So let me play this for you now. The Federal Bureau of Investigation asked Facebook 
take down any stories about the Hunter Biden laptop. And by the way, it's worth underscoring. We now know the Hunter Biden laptop story was true. Not only was it not misinformation, not only was it not Russian misinformation, which is what the FBI falsely claimed, it was true, it was accurate, it was real. Nonetheless, both Facebook and Twitter said take it down, and they demanded of the New York Post, they deplatformed a newspaper founded by Alexander Hamilton with the fifth largest circulation in the country. They deplatformed the New York Post as long as they kept it up. Now, if you care about journalism, big tech operating at the behest of the FBI to interfere in an election ought to scare the hell out of you. Well, good on Ted Cruz. And it's situations like that that sooner or later will have led to the ruling that we just ruled out. People do want to, you know, have some free speech. And uh, it's written in the Constitution in the US. So we'll see if that uh, same upward trend for free speech comes to the UK, won't we? And uh, what happens there? So back on uh, my monotone moaning from the BBC now. Liz Trust defends plan to lift cap on bankers' bonuses. Oh, well, instantly, that's, that's exactly what the country's crying out for economically, isn't it? I mean, that's a real problem in the UK at the moment, bankers not having enough money. Uh, obviously, this, this is a wonderful thing. So uh, Prime Minister Liz Truss has said she is prepared to take difficult decisions, such as removing a cap on bankers' bonuses to boost the economy. It's <laughs> business as usual. The new, uh, the new Prime Minister has come in following the exact same agenda. Um, corporations win. Man in the street doesn't. Business as usual. So, oh, new Prime Minister, everything will change. Well, not if you're a regular to this show. You you have an idea what's going on. So, um, yeah, I'll just... I don't even think I need to go into it anymore on that, do I? Really? On to Politico now. How Bill Gates and partners used their clout to control the global COVID response with little oversight. Four health organisations working closely together spent almost £10 billion on responding to COVID across the world, but they lacked the scrutiny of governments and fell short of their own goals, a political and wealth investigation found. What if they had different goals between that which they publicly stated they were looking to achieve and ones that privately they were looking to achieve? And one fell short of their own public goals, and but perhaps not so on their private ones. Might be worth considering. Um, let's scroll down now. Just because um, there's a bit of waffle at the start there. Okie dokie. Here we go. So it's talking about uh, from... America to Europe to Asia, they veered from minimising the threat to closing their borders and ill-fated attempts to quell a viral spread that soon enveloped the world. While the most powerful nations looked inward, four non-global 
sorry, non-governmental global health organisations began making plans for a life or death struggle against a virus that would know no boundaries. What followed was a steady, almost inexorable shift in power from the overwhelmed governments to a group of non-governmental organisations, according to a seven-month investigation by Politico journalists based in the US and Europe and the German newspaper Welt. Oh, it took you that long, did it? You should have listened to Beyond the News, mate. We could have given you that idea in less than seven months. Armed with expertise, bolstered by contracts at the highest level of Western nations and empowered by well-grooved relationships with drug makers, the four organisations took on roles often played by governments, but without the accountability of governments. While nations were still debating the seriousness of the pandemic, the groups identified potential vaccine makers and targeted investments in the development of tests, treatments and shots. And they used their clout with the WHO to help create an ambitious worldwide distribution plan for the dissemination of those COVID tools to needy nations, though it would ultimately fail to live up to its original promises. The four organisations have worked together in the past, and three of them shared a common history. The largest and most powerful was the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, one of the largest philanthropies in the world. Yeah, have a look at what the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was. A foundation for what? originally what was it founded to achieve i should listeners go and have a look into that if you haven't already done it uh, then there was gavi the global vaccine organization that helped gates that sorry the global vaccine organization that gates helped to found to inoculate people in low-income nations and the welcome trust a british research foundation with a multi-billion dollar endowment that had worked with the gates foundation in previous years Finally, there was a coalition of Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, or CEPI, the International Vaccine Research and Development Group that Gates and Wellcome had both helped to create in 2017. What, what are the odds then? In all, all of them? <laughs> but no, no conspiracy here. Take away the account. No, no, no. Accountable governments. No, 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 no. Hand it over to four organisations. Uh, we'll have a nice cross section in those four organisations. All four will have very close ties to Bill Gates, but they'll work in everyone's interests, I assure you. And what was that? What's what's the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation again? What's it does? What was it founded to do? Perhaps have a look into that. And um, yeah, he's he's cool. You can always tell someone by the quality of their friends and you know he was pictures of him with Jeffrey Epstein wasn't there right let's just move on from that one on to Sky News now more people have been dying this year due to irregular heartbeat official figures suggest let's have a little look at the year shall we oh it's 2022 ah Tuesday the 20th of September of that year to be precise Excess deaths, or extra deaths, are the number of deaths that are above the long-term average for a particular week or month of the year. Oh, like Australia. Oh. Deaths due to irregular heartbeat are likely to be one of the reasons more people than usual have been dying this year, with the number well above average so far. The number of deaths registered in England and Wales due to cardiac arrhythmias was more than usual for much of the first half of 2022, according to the Office of National Statistics. Deaths in this category had the second highest mortality figures in March and April, up from being the eighth highest in February and the fourth highest in January. Excess deaths, or extra deaths, 
are the number of deaths that they explain that they explain that in the headline don't they? anyway you get the idea there and you can go and see uh, I'll just give you a quick idea of the numbers here the total number of deaths due to an irregular heartbeat was 37.1% above average in March and 23.1% in April a sharp jump from 137 in January and 9.2% in February the percentages remained high in May and June that's 39.0% and 17.9% respectively but the number of excess deaths for this category ranked lower in 5th and 8th place respectively. Other leading causes to have contributed to excess deaths this year include ischemic heart diseases, diabetes and dementia and Alzheimer's disease. As you can tell by the fact that I've probably mispronounced that first word, I have no qualifications in medicine. Next one now. This is from Fox News. More or less what we were saying earlier, but I like to take things from different points of view. I'll just keep it brief. Published 19th of September. Federal court rules big tech has no freewheeling First Amendment right to censor. Now, uh, the federal appeals court upheld a Texas law on Friday that seeks to curb censorship by social media platforms. The ruling a major victory for Republicans who charge companies like... Uh, yeah, who charge companies like Twitter and Facebook are limiting free speech is a step in a major legal battle that could end up at the Supreme Court. Right. Next one here. Compare what we said, Texas there, with uh, the next one. Oh, we, we can't because it's the New York Times and it's behind their paywall. But um, the headline's on the Telegram group. But anyway, it's about California. And where were that? Having it in front of me, no point in me reading it. Right, next one. Marine Corps rescinds penalties for service members seeking COVID vax religious accommodations. New guidance comes after Fox News Digital report that Navy also rolling back penalties. The US Marine Corps is rolling back strict punishments for service members seeking religious exemptions to the COVID-19 vaccine, including ending involuntary terminations and delays of promotions for some of those refusing the shot. According to the new interim guidance signed September the 14th and posted quietly online, the message amends actions directed toward unvaccinated Marines whose religious accommodation requests were denied and who appealed the decision. The memo states that the amended guidance comes after the US Federal District Court in Florida issued a preliminary injunction on August the 18th, prohibiting the Marines from taking certain actions against those who are seeking religious exemptions. The guidance says the Marine Corps will not enforce any order to accept COVID-19 vaccination, administratively separate or retaliate against Marines in the class for asserting statutory rights under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. RFRA is the federal law that prohibits the governments from substantially burdening a person's exercise of religion, even if the burden results from a rule of general ac ac applicability. Got there in the end. Involuntary administrative separation processing of class of members for refusing COVID-19 vaccination is suspended. The memo details. Now moving on. Now, I can't um, remember if I've played these clips before, but I do know I was asked to do an interview for the radio show, uh, internet radio show, also on Radio Illumini by Tony Reese called Galactic Zoo. And in that, I referenced this woman and what she said about the vaccines. Um, and 
I realised, obviously because I'm on someone else's show and it was a, like a three-hour interview, so those of you that are having trouble with insomnia, you'll have a full three hours all the way through to listen to me moaning, and that should hopefully send you to sleep. But I did make reference to that, and because it's someone else's show, and I'm I, beyond the news, I like to read things out in front of you, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to back up what I'm saying on my own show. So here it is. This is... Um, Burks being grilled by Jim Jordan. So um, Burks is from, uh, was it the CDC? I think, is it Fauci's deputy, something like that? Apologies if I've got it wrong, but something to do with that sort of thing. And she's being grilled by Jim Jordan, a US politician. So this is Dr. Deborah Burks. Oh, and the ad's just coming up now, but I can skip this in two, one bingo close ad you're an expert you were on the task force you were part of this this effort when you were in the previous administration and you're saying in this administration that you can't rule out the fact that our government was lying to us when they told us the vaccinated could not get the virus i don't know about their discussions that they had in the task force so i can't tell you that i can tell you as a family member who had individuals that were susceptible of course we got everybody vaccinated but we still use layered protection during surges because I knew potentially the vaccine immunity would wane like natural immunity waned. And there was evidence that every four months reinfection was occurring in South Africa. Wow. When the government told us that the vaccine couldn't transmit it, was that a lie or was that a guess? Or is it the same answer? I think it was hope that the vaccine would work in that way. And that's why I think scientists and public health leaders always have to be at the so, table so being it, very clear what we know and what but we this, don't this know. Is in, this is important for the country to know. So when I asked the question, when the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't get it, and I asked you if it was a guess or a lie, you said you don't know. You said you think it was hope. So what we do know is it wasn't the truth. So they were either guessing, lying, or hoping and communicating that information to the, to the, to the citizens of this country. I think they were hoping, but you should know in those original phase three trials that were done in this country, that we only measured for symptomatic disease. So we weren't proactively testing everybody in those trials to see if they got infected with mild or asymptomatic disease. And so people had to present within the clinical trials. So I, we I'm, never had the data that it yeah. was going to protect against asymptomatic infection. I'm just struck with the irony. We got, we got government agencies guessing, hoping, or lying uh, it, it, with, with the information they're presenting to the American people. And this is the same, this is the same administration that wants to set up the, the government governance, disinformation governance board and wants to talk about misinformation. And they're the biggest purveyors of misinformation, false information, hopeful information, but not accurate and true information, which is, uh, again, the frustration I think so many of the folks I get the privilege of representing have shared, uh, have shared with me. When the so it's all coming out in the wash. Well, apart from the chemicals on those school children's uniforms, it's all coming out in the wash. So here's another interview. Uh, this is on Fox News rather than her being grilled by some government members this time. This is uh, Burks again, uh, Dr. Burks again. I want to get your take on a lot of people looking at the president now having this and all these people who have been fully vax vaccinated and, and boosted and all of that, and they're getting it. The 20 percent or so of Americans who have not been vaccinated might look at that doctor and say, 
why bother? Why bother? What do you What do you tell them? Well, if you're across the South um, and you're in the middle of this wave, what's going to save you right now is Paxlovid. But once we get through this wave during that law, you should get vaccinated and boosted because we do believe it will protect you, particularly if you're over 70. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will. But let's be very clear. 50% of the people who died from the Amicron surge were older, vaccinated. So there you go. And they were still part of people calling for it to be mandated, weren't they? Now let's go to something, well, a guy that's a little more like Hyde, fantastic comedian. You should check out his uh, platform. This is JP Sears and his platform is JP Reacts. And he's going to be talking and reacting to... A Jordan Peterson video in which Jordan is interviewing or giving <clears throat> or giving airtime on his podcast to a Dutch farmer. So this is J.P. Spears talking about Jordan Peterson, talking about uh, an interview given by a Dutch farmer. And this video was uh, uploaded on the 5th of August of this year. Ask you, do you like food? Do you like satiation? Or do you love starvation and poverty? If you like food... We're going to watch a video from Jordan Peterson's channel where he has on a Dutch farmer and it it has very concerning information on it. I suspect. I haven't seen this video before. I've seen it come up and this is an issue I really care about. I'll give you the 10 second-ish version context for this video to land in in case you're not aware. Uh, Right now there's Dutch farmers protesting because their government is basically trying to keep them from farming the way they normally farm, which will create food shortages. Like stop farming equals food shortages. Now you'd say, why would the Dutch government possibly do that? That's evil and corrupt. And indeed it is, in my opinion. But the cover propaganda for it is, it's to reduce CO2 emissions. The reality is it creates hunger and starvation. We've seen it in many countries. And in fact, uh, we did a reaction video to Tucker Carlson's in-depth piece on the green agenda with reduced carbon emissions by getting farmers to stop farming in the way they know how and what that actually does. Now, spoiler alert, our good friends at the World Economic Forum are the ones driving these governments to stop their farmers from farming food for their people. When people start to go hungry, guess who gets more control over the people? The state, which has a complete monopoly on their food supply. So, unless our friends at the World Economic Forum have changed their tune, we might want to be suspicious! And get a little um, I will not comply energy going. So let's take a look. I'm excited to watch this video with you together and see what kind of. Obviously, uh, the <clears throat> that's JPC's opinion and the we will not comply action. Um, should you wish to do so, uh, I could only ever advocate for peaceful and lawful. And that helps wins hearts and minds as well. So just interjecting there because here in the UK, we may not have quite the protection of free speech that the Americans have. I also own no copyright to any of the clips that I've played whatsoever. 
and if anyone has a problem with any of the clips that I've played whatsoever, you can contact me at beyondthenews at proton.mail.com. I will take them down immediately without protest of any kind. And also the second Deborah Burke clips of Fox News was played by, I think it's uh, the link to it is something like Red State something or other. So that's obviously not a mainstream source and I have no idea what their opinions are or anything like that. I just found the clip and I'm not in any way in uh, a reader of that site or endorsing their views in any way. It was just the only place I could find that clip for with Deborah Burks being interviewed on Fox News by it. So let's now go back to J.P. Spears. Lies and hypocrisy from tyrants and mm, voices from freedom fighters we can uh, be inspired by. Hello, everyone. Recently, I posted a conversation I had with Michael Yon, an esteemed author and combat correspondent on the populist uprisings, the farmers' uprisings, the truckers' uprisings, the yellow jackets, and so forth in Europe, and the potential spread of what's called so nicely by the UN food insecurity across the world. Michael had spent some time with the Dutch farmers as well, who haven't been represented well, I would say, in the legacy media for reasons that aren't exactly clear. I have clarity. <laughs> I think you do too. Let's go on. We, he reached out to a Dutch farmer, Jeroen van Manen, to provide a first-hand account of the matter and to discuss the Dutch farmer's concerns, and we thought it would be very useful to bring that to you in the context of this broader discussion. So, on to that. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, Jeroen van Manen. I'm a dairy farmer from uh, Zeewolde, a city in the middle of the Netherlands. Uh, someone asked me uh, if I could uh, send a message, what's going on in Holland, what's uh, all about these farmer protests, and why are Dutch farmers angry? So probably what we're about to hear is what's called reality. This is from a farmer in the Netherlands with his feet on the ground. Part, and part of the issue here, as Jordan Peterson mentioned, just highlighting it real quick, is what the media is just not covering with a very important issue going on in the Netherlands. So there's a good chance we're going to learn about reality. And I know imagination and omission is more important today, but this is just going to be reality. It's just one perspective. It's the only one that's true, but, you know. Well, the farmer protests are already here since uh, two and a half years. The 1st of October 2019 was the first time Dutch farmers had a very big protest. I had no idea it was going on that long. We all went uh, to The Hague and actually there was more like some protest about the wind which was blowing uh, already probably for 30 years that uh, somewhere there's a problem in the environment. There's a problem with pollution. Agriculture sector gets pointed at as uh, main cause of all problems. Which, by the way, we have to think about that. Like, hey, too much carbon emissions. It's agricultural. It's agricultural. It's agriculture. Anything is worth considering and things need to be looked at. Is that a setup in the propaganda scheme for taking down the food supply being controlled by we the people and they the people? I don't know that after the biggest uh, protest uh, nitrogen problems uh, came up and nitrogen problems aren't new 30 years ago already uh, nature people start talking about uh, nitrogen pollution which uh, would make the rain sour and uh, all the sour rain would cause lots of damage to the nature parks to forests and uh, when you uh, would hear these uh, voices uh, all the nature would be gone in a few years 
Well, 30 years later, nature's still there. Most of it is in excellent condition. <laughs> of course, predictions of similar, like, hey, we're all going to be underwater in 2016. Weird how those kind of predictions aren't coming true. Let's hear more. Well, two and a half years, people start talking about nitrogen uh, emission, ammonia from uh, agriculture sector. There's also uh, nitrogen pollution uh, because of the traffic, because of the industry, uh, nitrogen oxides, but we don't talk about it a lot. Uh, when the nitrogen problem is uh, called in Holland, it's focusing uh, most of the times on the uh, agriculture sector only. Well, um, when the thing started, and actually what I wanted to do is reducing the uh, nitrogen emission and especially the nitrogen deposition on nature parks. Well, it started, agriculture sector came together, all parties uh, like the, the dairy industry, pork industry, uh, chicken industry, you could ever call whatever industries, came together, made a big plan. Uh, there was a lot of solutions in it and we uh, tried to, uh, to solve the problem. Our government in the meanwhile went on with uh, making other plans which resulted in uh, the latest new plan a few weeks ago and it's uh, terrible, it's idiot and it's, and it's of no use. What they did is uh, they divided uh, Holland in uh, different regions. Some regions have to lower their emissions by 12%, some regions have to lower their emissions by 46, 75 or 95%. In the meanwhile, our uh, juridical system is uh, this on this moment that no innovations in agriculture sector are allowed to use. So there are different techniques for uh, lowering your emission, but uh, when you are uh, asked for a court and a judge uh, will uh, look into your uh, innovations, they will say you can't use it. So the only reason, the only uh, thing to lower your emissions right now is just cutting your herd back. That's pretty interesting. If Dutch government is forcing the farmers to lower their emissions by, in some cases, up to 95%, which, by the way, that means paralyzing the farming activity. And then the methods that they can lower their emissions is not open to innovation. They have to lower their emissions the only way the government knows how, which is cutting their herd back, which is killing animals. Idiocracy. And when you look at these beautiful cows walking behind him, like that, it's hard to pretend like, dude, that's what's causing the climate change that we're told we're, we have. Hmm. So if I'm understanding correctly, thus far, we're at a point where he's saying the Dutch government is mandating that Dutch farmers cut their herds back as a way of complying with new drastic emissions regulations which are highly suspicious to be effective with anything in other words highly suspicious that they don't have an impact on the carbon problems that we're told we have and actually you're probably uh, coming uh, at, at the main cause of it all uh, nitrogen is more like we call it uh, stick to beat the dog it's just to camouflage the real cause some left-wing parties in holland and probably all over the world it's it's the same movement they want to get rid of uh, animal industries they want to have a transition to more plant-based food enter bill gates owner of the largest amount of farmland in the u.s over 260,000 acres, ladies and gentlemen, who routinely says we have to stop eating beef and eat his pretend beyond meat, whatever the company is he has influence on. 
Good God, which is, by the way, loaded with rancid seed oils and garbage filler. It's such a processed garbage food. You got me on a little Bill Gates tangent here. Probably all over the world, it's, it's the same movement. They want to get rid of uh, animal industries. They want to have a transition to more plant-based food, transition to uh, vegetarians. Uh, we have uh, all, the, all, the, all the stuff together. Which, by the way, aside from like uh, starvation being something that will weaken a population, if you just changed a population's food supply, if you can just imagine, you can easily do that, and take out what literally builds human power, at least one of the most important elements is protein, complete proteins coming from animals. So if you wanted to weaken a population, you would take out the food that gives them the most potent power. Is that what they're doing? See, I would like to point out at that point that they're, because um, I'm not on any bash of vegetarians or vegans or anything even remotely like that. And <clears throat> there are many sources that have non-meat that you can get protein from but again i'm not a dietitian or nutrition expert but um i'm not on an anti-vegan anti-vegetarian thing i know i've got quite a lot of listeners on that and um i'm very much a an animal rights person as well i think a lot of the way the um corporations slaughter animals is just just awful 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 and i'm against that so i'm just presenting different points of view i'm not on any um anti-vegan or anti-vegetarian point of view there and I completely understand that you can be on those diets and still get plenty of protein so I'll just go back to him now you be the judge Uh, in Holland we also have a party like that and uh, they asked for 50% reduction of our national herd that's probably on this moment the main cause of it all. We're not talking about nitrogen. Nay, no, they just want to uh, reduce the national herd. Well, every farmer all around the world and also uh, every citizen knows that cutting back the herd isn't uh, the cause of, uh, of any problems. You know, we are producing food. Two-thirds of agricultural land on the planet can only be grown by grass. And you need cows like this for making grass into meat or into milk or whatever you want. Whatever problem with emissions, with uh, pollution uh, on the world you are uh, asking about, whether it's not chemical. But uh, farming is uh, probably a part of the problem, but most of it all, it's uh, part of the solution. Well, Dutch farmers uh, now are getting uh, angry every day more. Government is not listening. Uh, and what we are fearing for is uh, we have to leave our land and that's also uh, a deeper agenda behind it in Holland they just want to have uh, farmers land 62% of the area in uh, in Holland is farmed by farmers and what- Real quick, sorry to interrupt you sir but that's something I haven't actually thought about as obvious as that is is the land grab who controls the land Bill Gates controls a lot of land but he probably wants to control more and the elites want to control more. So the equation that for some reason just occurred to me is you basically make it illegal for farmers to farm, which is what the Dutch government's trying to do. And then if a farmer, let's say he doesn't lease the land, he owns the land. He's not going to own that land for much longer. You know, he probably has a mortgage on it. And if he doesn't, you know, there's probably big property taxes because it's a lot of land. So if it's illegal for the farmer to farm the land that he owns, he's going to have to sell the land. 
who's going to buy the land? I don't know. Looks like BlackRock has a big bid over there. Well, the Chinese Communist Party has a big bid over there. Well, Bill Gates has another bid coming in over there. <laughs> They're all the same people. <laughs> so we the people own very little land anymore. That's cool. It's an interesting agenda. What they want to do is they want to have the land cheap, so they're making it nature first. And when they have the land in their hands, they can build houses on it. Houses we don't need by Dutch citizens, because average uh, Dutch couple is getting 1.8, 1.9 kids. So what's the problem of the demand for houses? That and that's where I'll leave that there. You can go and listen to the whole interview for yourself uh, by looking at the comment section. And uh, that'll be one of the YouTube clips. Let's now go to an article from the Daily Mail. And it's by Connor Boyd, 23rd of February. But this one missed, uh, went through the net. Scientists claim COVID virus contains tiny chunk of DNA that matches sequence patented by Moderna three years before pandemic began. <sighs> There's one for you that's trying to get your head round. Um, and I haven't heard anything more about that since. So was this debunked? Did the scientists retract it? Did it go quiet or did people just go, oh, that's really interesting. How bizarre. Genetic match discovered in COVID's unique fur in cleavage site on spike protein matched genetic sequence patented by Moderna for cancer research purposes. Researchers say one in three trillion chance COVID developed the code naturally. Critics of the study are sceptical of its author's conclusions, suggesting that the sequence match is not as rare as been claimed. Actually, now I've read that, I seem to remember I may have read this out before at the time, but... It's a long time ago. Maybe I didn't, but it's interesting, isn't it? Fresh suspicion that COVID may have been triggered, tinkered with in a lab emerged today after scientists found genetic material owned by Moderna in the virus's spike protein. They identified a tiny snippet of code that is identical to a part of a gene patented by the vaccine maker three years before the pandemic. It was discovered in SARS-CoV-2's unique fur and cleavage site. The fact, the part that makes it so good at infecting people and separates it from other coronaviruses. So let's have a little scroll down to see what the Daily Mail readers made of that because that's quite that's that has implications quite far down the rabbit hole, doesn't it? So it's up eight four one nine down one three five. So that is tremendously polarized there. Let's have a look at what this comment says. It says, this is by Andrew G in Norwich of the UK. The same Moderna that has made billions from vaccines? Mmm, question mark, question mark, question mark. Let's have another little look down. So the next one down there, up 7458, down 126. So again, hugely uh, popular one, this one, from Brisbane, Australia. Suddenly, all those conspiracy theorists seems more sensible. Hmm. Let's have a look at worst rated. Up 304, down 1154. It's a quirky observation, but I wouldn't call it a smoking gun because it's too small. Not quite the same headline, is it? Now, I, I do remember reading this out now because I remember that statement. Or perhaps I just read it and not read it out. But either way, yeah, not quite the same headline, is it? That's a fair point. It's a fair point that he's made there, but um, I can also understand why people dislike that. 
Um, straight uh, next one up 107 down 845 straight to comments the conspiracy theorists will be out in force those will choose to ignore the question mark in the headline yeah so I um, I would really like to know more about that how that's developed since February but I haven't really heard much more about it so uh, yeah if there's anyone that knows anything more about that do please join our at beyond the news gym telegram group post it on there uh, mainstream news sources only please uh, that's how I like to do it on the show but um, any political persuasions I'm not interested in left or right uh, just the truth here on this show now uh, going to another US politician now I'm not too familiar with United States politicians laws but I did do a little quick search on this bloke's um, name tag sort of thing and I did check that it was him uh, and his name is, if I can just zoom in there, Mr. Comer, I do believe. So uh, this is him again talking about the Hunter Biden situation. We're going to preserve the comments that everyone on your side has said about there's no, nothing to see here. When you don't dispute the simple fact that Hunter Biden and the president's brother. Now, let's not leave him out of the equation. They have been influence peddling for decades. Now, again, you want to call it a Hunter Biden investigation. Again, I want to remind the American people, we are investigating Hunter Biden because we fear that he has compromised Joe Biden, which is compromising our national security. I will conclude by saying this. There are two people who were in business with Hunter Biden who are already publicly on the record saying that Joe Biden was the big guy, that Joe Biden was getting 10% ownership in a Chinese company. That was Bobolinsky. He said that in a primetime TV interview. We've all seen that. And Gilliard on a phone call, on a recorded phone message. Both gentlemen were close Hunter Biden associates. Both gentlemen said Joe Biden was the big guy getting 10%. Folks, that's a national security risk right there. Gentlemen, time has expired. So, it's not just his time that's expired, it's mine. Well, at least on this show, hopefully. Um, I don't want to end up as one of those more increasing statistics that we had at the start of the show. Thank you very much for listening and uh, please join us again sometime.